I loved him completely. Hello and welcome to the Tidbit Cast. My name is Colm. I am here on my own. I'm not here on own. I'm here on my own doing a podcast on my own because, to be honest, I wanted to test things out. So, this week, there are a lot of sick people in the Tidbit cast, namely Gary and David and Aaron is a very busy man. So, I thought to myself, I might as well do a podcast on my own just, well, just talking about things that that really interest me. And the thing that interests me the most at the moment is Into the Spider-Verse. So, on New Year's Eve, I actually went to see it with Gary and David and I have no doubt that we're going to do a big discussion about it and a big chat about it. But for the moment, I just want to kind of talk about my own personal opinion of it. You know, what I thought of it before we do that discussion. Not because my opinion is so fantastic that um, it warrants being recorded on its own. But because there are sick people and honestly, I'm a bit bored when we're not doing podcasts. So I thought I'll talk to myself. That'll work. Yeah. And hopefully it does. So first thing off the bat, this film is obviously it's done in a very unique animation style. And to get to the end of the story, I really liked it. Really did like it. It's uh, it's style, it's comedy, it's narrative. There were a lot of things in its favor in this film. And honestly, as as far as like as far as superhero films go, it was really good. Like it was, it was one of those films that you kind of suspend. You're willing to suspend your disbelief. First of all, because it's it's animation, and that inherently allows you to do that. And secondly, because the writing was so 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 good, and the voice acting was so 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 good, and the pop culture references and the in-universe references were so so good. I don't want to spoil things. I don't want to. I don't want to accidentally tell you guys something that, you know, might might spoil it. So I'll be very cautious about that. And I am just talking off the top of my head. But the film itself, from start to finish, is pretty polished. Now, there are some things that don't make sense to me, necessarily. Um, You know, just the certain things with the... With the with the different universes being pulled from different points in time seems a bit I don't know convenient just so they can get an older Peter Parker I guess but other than that it's actually really good and it actually has the best and I don't use this word lightly it has the best post credits scene ever ever now that's better that's better than any other post credit scene you might have thought of. The first reveal of Thanos, you know, the, the small nods to other characters. The the first one of all time. Like Nick Fury as well. It's so much better than all that. I don't want to spoil it because it's actually really good. There is only one post credit scene to my memory. We sat there for a good long while and there wasn't another. But 
this one was very, very worth it. So I suppose I'll talk a little bit about the uh, the actual art styles and the actual the actual designs. Um, I mean, the shape of it was really it was really reminiscent of. Uh, it's gonna sound weird. It was really reminiscent of The Walking Dead and uh, the video game, the Telltale video game. God rest its soul. And it's uh, it was really one of those. Uh, those kind of art styles that basically captivate you because they're human they're humanoid and they're human shaped but they're not necessarily uh you know they're not necessarily forced or confined to the laws of physics as we know it now there is a lot of stuff in the in the movie that has to like it has to get through a lot it's only a two hour i think it's about three minutes under two hours so yeah it's about i think it's about like an hour and 17 minutes or 117 minutes sorry and uh, it has a lot in it. It has so much in it. And the art style, it kind of changes quite a bit. Like, depending on, and it sounds weird, depending on the lighting in the scenes, it can really change, depending on the action. I mean, I what I saw was for, like, most of the action scenes, there were there were points where it almost seemed just two-dimensional, you know, but I, I mean that in a good way. It was almost like this hyper-realistic anime and then there were points where, especially, and it isn't much of a spoiler, especially uh, at the start when you see the collider and it's destroyed or it's damaged. I was like, I nudged, uh, I nudged David beside me and I said to him, uh, listen, this looks like a video game. This looks exactly like a video game. And I, I couldn't believe it. Like I, I genuinely thought I was on YouTube and I was watching one of those uh, all cutscenes videos. And it was actually really, really interesting. Now, some of the uh, some of the animation, like it's really good, but some of it kind of just blows your mind to the point where you don't know where to look. It's sensory overload, and you're just watching the screen, hoping to see something that like really catches your attention. And funnily enough, the thing that caught my attention the most in Into the Spider Verse was uh well it was actually Nicolas Cage as Spider Noir. I loved him completely. Because he always had these like these lines, these uh these emotional lines. That's the one sweet ass backstory. Oh that's a hardcore backstory. And I just loved everything everything he contributed to it. I I wanted more of it and if there was a flaw in the film, it was definitely that the side characters weren't developed enough. Like, they developed Spider-Gwen quite a bit. But they didn't develop, uh... They didn't develop the other ones, like Penny Parker, um, Peter Porker, and Spider-Noir. They didn't really develop them that much. They, they kind of had these, like, these throwaway one, uh... These throwaway, throwaway lines that just didn't really work that well. Or they worked really well, but they didn't really build the character. Like, we had no clue where uh, Spider-Pig was coming from. We had no clue what kind of backstory he had. I mean, there's more I can say about, like, the Penny Parker one, the Spider-Bot. But it kind of goes into spoilers and don't really want to go there. But suffice to say, they definitely... 
could have developed the characters a bit more. Like I said, they had a lot of characters to deal with. Like they had a lot of super villains as well. Most of the super villains didn't really get names either. They just and oh shit, that's the Prowler. Wow. Okay, they're, they're naming the Prowler now. As a person who doesn't necessarily follow Spider-Man too too religiously, um, I knew, I knew who the Prowler was and I knew, you know, his existence, but it was just kind of thrown at you, you know, and there are other there are other super villains in it where like we were asking the monster, is that is that uh that guy? And I was like, uh, yeah, probably, yeah, sure, sure it is. I didn't know to be honest, and I still don't know. I mean. It's kind of confusing. the The character model for um for Fisk is hilarious because there's a there's this part in the there's a part in the movie where he gets out of like it's all actually off camera. He managed to get out of a Range Rover, and he's actually bigger than the Range Rover. So he's obviously in a clown car of some kind. Which you know, I suppose that's why they put it in a cartoon because if we had to watch that in real life. It wouldn't have been as funny as it was. The fact that I don't know, maybe that was like a little nod or a reference to the fact that he's huge and he just got out of a tiny car. I'm not too sure, but I laughed, and that's all that matters. Now, whether they left themselves open for a sequel, uh, yeah, they did, absolutely. Especially um, when you consider that the whole, the whole, uh, the whole project is. Um, you know about multiverse theory and even the post credit scene alludes to all that as well which is pretty cool as well but it does actually leave itself nice and open for a sequel and i do hope there is a sequel because spider-man lends himself really well to the art artsy fartsy kind of cartoony style because he's just a cool guy you know he's just he is artistic and even this miles morales character is an artistic character insofar as he paints on walls, he tags walls, and it's definitely one of those uh, superheroes that works with that style. Like, I couldn't see Captain America working like that, I couldn't see Iron Man working like that, I couldn't even see X-Men working like that, or Fantastic Four. Spider-Man's kind of in a, like a, a niche market where he's kind of a kid's product, but he's also an adult product because a lot of us grew up with him and we still play the video games and he's so marketable in video games that you know he do he does translate really well to this kind of computer generated computer generated image so it really does work to their advantage to have him like that because in fairness like the the live action like homecoming is a brilliant film in my opinion i really enjoyed homecoming i really enjoyed the the acting in Homecoming and Tom Holland in uh, Homecoming and especially, you know, that whole scene with the taxi and the lighting, phenomenal. But there are certain things that you can't get away with in live action. Like there are certain angles or ways that Spider-Man can bend that don't look as cool in live action, you know. They're like, no, there's just a guy on a winch stuck against the wall as opposed to in like in in this movie in the spider-verse where it's literally just miles morales just walking up a wall or just honked on a wall just sulking because he didn't get his way 
and it looks so much more like the cameras are able to turn so much more like you can think about the amount of money it would take to get a man to be standing on a wall from standing on the ground and have the camera turn with them and have all these things happen and also the fact that they actually used comic book uh thought bubbles comic book you know uh plot bubbles where it's just like mean meanwhile etc etc a few weeks later those kind of things i don't think you can really do that in live action either and i think that that really does again lend itself really handily to them and they even had like i think they had a god i'm not too sure the terminology i'm not too sure what it actually was but they were approved by the Marvel Comics Board or something like that. See, I'm not a big comic reader. I like to just keep myself appraised by watching, like, really happy guys and really popular guys on YouTube talk about it. You know, people who really, really like that stuff. And they kind of educate me. But these kind of videos, I just really think it's... Uh, I, I really think that they got themselves really 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 into the uh, nitty gritty of the references because there is a point where you go to the I don't know what it's called the spider cave sounds pretty crap but <laughs> they go to the spider cave and there's all these suits in the background and one of the suits in the background is the spider-man suit from the ps4 game and I was just like ha ha they put it in I was like no way I was really happy I was really happy so this video is actually, I'm surprised this video has gone on for as long as it has. I didn't realise I could talk to myself for this long, let alone you. Granted, to be honest, this video probably won't see the light of day. I don't think we'll upload this as a uh, as a topic, necessarily, but I might upload this as myself. I don't know. There is a lot more to say about uh, Spider-Man and, uh, you know, and Spider-Verse. But a lot of it goes into spoilers. I'm not going to rate the film. Like, I'm not going to do a five-star rating of the film. I will say, if you like Spider-Man, you'll like the film. Because there's a Spider-Man for everyone in it. There's a... There, like, I suppose that's the best way to put it. There's a Spider-Man for any kind of person in it. If you like old-school kind of Spider-Man, he's in there as well. If you like Miles Morales, new Spider-Man, he's in there. If you like quirky, weird Spider-Man, there's, uh, of course, there's... Spider Ham, and if you like, as I like, Noir Spider Man, he's there too. So, I would recommend anyone who manages to hear this video, hear this video, anyone who manages to hear this, I would definitely recommend getting the chance and going to see it in the cinema because, um, I don't know if it'll, uh, I don't know if it'll do that well on DVD releases. Because it really is kind of a spectacle that you have to watch in cinema. I really hope this is the kind of thing that gets kids into Spider-Man. Not that it's difficult to get kids into Spider-Man. But I really hope that this is like a childhood film for a lot of people. Because if I was a child right now, this would be my episode one. Episode one was my childhood Star Wars film. I'm of that age. And don't hate me because that is that is my childhood film. Because I got Lord of the Rings as well. So I'm, I'm a well-balanced person with good and bad. Anyway. I'm going to end this now. I have been Colm on my own. If you want to talk to us, if you want to contact Tidbit, you can contact us on talktotidbit at gmail.com. 
Gary, repeat that for... Oh, I'm on my own. Talk to Tidbit at gmail.com. Obviously, you have opinions, and I, I respect those opinions. And if you send us an email or a message, we will reply to you at some point in time. Not necessarily promptly. Actually, it will be promptly. I'm very, very particular about that. So, I'll sign off by saying this. I hope I don't have to do podcasts on my own anymore. Because it's scary. But thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>